RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be confused with medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement, but as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Red Pill News Live. My cat, Smokey, just came into the office. Hi, honey. She's a good kitty. Yes, she was. Well, we've got plenty of action happening in the D.C. Beltway and all across America. We got a couple of updates on some stories from the last couple of days. Got some uh, action happening over there in Russia. And it looks to me like Missouri AG Andrew Bailey is uh, perhaps vying for a position in higher office. Uh, Maybe a future presidential run, maybe even to be vice president for Donald Trump. I don't know. I got some Christmas stories, a couple of gifts to give you guys. And then, of course, we got to check in with uh, Special Counsel Jack Smith and his uh, desperate attempts to try to take President Trump out of the race. It's not going to be successful. Spoiler alert. Jack's going to have a big lump of coal in his stocking this Christmas. If you guys hit the thumbs up, just know that I appreciate it. If you shared the show, I definitely appreciate that as well. If you're with us over there on the foxhole at pill.net, awesome. If you're watching on Getter or Twitter or Rumble, thank you that as well. Here we go. Sit back, relax, grab your popcorn. Now, when it comes to anti-aging, I think it's safe to say pretty much everybody is looking for that miracle pill, the one thing that you need. But the truth is, generally, you're going to have to use a number of different products that target different areas of the skin in different ways if you really want to fully combat the appearance of aging. You've got some supplements. They may attempt to reduce wrinkles. And then you've got other ones that might bring back firmness to sagging skin. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need to juggle multiple anti-aging products. It's a special type type of collagen, and it's better at maintaining skin elasticity, reducing the visible signs of aging, and promoting a youthful complexion than most any anti-aging products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that this collagen is not only a modern-day fountain of youth, but that it also removes the need to use countless serums and anti-aging notion that this collagen is not only a modern-day fountain. Right now, you're also going to receive 53% off free VIP health and fitness coaching for life, plus a free new ebook entitled The 14 Foods for Amazing Skin, and you're also going to get the 60-day money-back guarantee. And last but not least, free shipping as well. All you need to do is go to the link in the description of this video, healthwithredpill.com. Once again, healthwithredpill.com to take advantage of this limited time offer before they sell out. And when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right, so I see an uh, idea about 
A be- a, an episode of Baseless Conspiracies, Kick Dreaming says, John and I should do an episode about Krumpus. If you guys don't know about Krumpus, well, get ready for some nightmare-fueled stuff. That's not a bad idea. I'll go ahead and put it on the list. Trisha Cupatri, Texas says, here is a few bucks for postage and an envelope. May I please have a sticker? Uh, yeah, absolutely. We've only got a couple left. So if you wouldn't mind, send me a um, uh, send me an email with your address, and I'll go ahead and send one out to you. Uh, thank you to Paul Thaddeus over there on Pilled.net for the cookie. Thank you to Silent Runner 17 for the cookie, and thank you to Leanne63 for the cookie as well. All right, hold on. I want to make sure I don't squish my cat here. Uh, let me readjust myself, and we'll move the desk just a little bit, a little bit closer, and let's begin. Oh, I also need to announce before we get started here. Uh, Friday night, the show is going to be regularly scheduled 9 to 11 p.m. However, Saturday, I will not be having a live stream. And then, of course, Sunday will be a day off. And then Monday is Christmas. So I hope you guys enjoy your time with your families and I hope you have a beautiful Christmas uh, and that you get everything that you ever wanted. Porter over on Rumble. Appreciate you, brother. All right, let's get into it. So uh, it would appear that the Senate pornography scandal is not the first time this has happened. And if you had to color me uh, anything, it wouldn't be surprised. So apparently the House previously had their own secret sex tape scandal, uh, and it happened about a year and a half ago. So With this recent investigation surrounding uh, the young man and his German friend, uh, I don't know how to characterize this, uh, the escapades that they got up to inside the Senate building, the same place where Supreme Court justices are confirmed uh, before they join the bench. Aiden Mace Serpopsky, the legislative aide for, well, the former legislative aide for Senator Cardin, because he got fired and now he's facing criminal charges as this investigation is ongoing. It turns out this isn't the first time something like this has actually happened. Uh, The Capitol Police are looking into this incident, but a year and a half ago, there was another discreet investigation into a very similar inappropriate activity, which was apparently being performed in a congressional office. Now, the case from a year and a half ago apparently would indicate that we have this recurrence of inappropriate behavior happening in these sacrosanct halls of Congress, these government buildings where, you know, uh, back in January 6th of 2021, there was a, an insurrection. Uh, and and of course, the, the MAGA Republicans violated the sacred halls of Congress. Well, they're not that sacred if the people who work there are filming pornographic films uh, in various locations. Now, remember, George Santos seemed to hint that there were sex cages in the basement of the House of Representatives. Now, the spokesperson for Representative Dan Newhouse is a who is a uh, Republican from Washington. He confirmed the investigation into this, quote, unbecoming behavior that was committed by a senior staffer in their office from last year. And despite the inquiry, allegedly there was no conclusive evidence that was found to substantiate the claim. So it sounds like maybe it was a bunch of rumor mill stuff. Obviously, if they would have had the Instagram post and the uh, Pornhub account of uh, that Aiden had, perhaps they would have actually been able to uh, get something taken care of. 
Bubba also dropping $20 over there on Rumble. He says, Merry Christmas, Zach and Red Pill Girlfriend, Lisa. Yes, it is Lisa. That's correct. Uh, and then also Loop to Loop. Thank you for the cookie. Filter Dog One drops a can and says the other times were when they were screwing we the people. Oh, well, if uh, if that was the bar, uh, they would have already long ago lost their positions and uh, and their power and privilege because they screw we the people on a daily basis, which is really unfortunate. So we don't know who this staffer is, but the identity has been confirmed by Semaphore. They are a journalistic organization, uh, and apparently they have refuted allegations of any involvement in explicit videos. And the staffer also contested the description of the events by the office there. So uh, it was recounted as uh, being notified back in June of 2022, but by July, he was informed by Congressman Newhouse that the investigated concluded there was no apparent allegations. Now, the staffer also mentioned in this alleged investigation uh, re- de- departed the halls of Congress back in fall of 2022 for a position outside of Washington, D.C., Apparently, it was for reasons unrelated to this alleged scandal. However, a second set of sexually explicit videos linked to the Capitol has emerged as a result of Semaphore looking into this story. Now, these videos were circulating around on Snapchat last year, and they feature the story of a user who's identified as Adam J with the handle of A.N. Jackson 2019. Let's see if we can find out who Adam N. Jackson is. Uh, We'll have to look up Adam N. Jackson, Washington. How many Adam N. Jacksons in Washington could there be? Mm. Ah, we have a Facebook. Ah, you know, hang on a second. I'm not going to pull it up. (laughs) But, um, oh, there was an Adam Jackson that was charged in uh, January 6th stuff. There's an Adam Jackson from Washington, a number of them. Hmm. I don't know if this was him. So I'm not going to pull him up because uh, I don't know that he's guilty of anything. And obviously, you know, there's no reason to uh, to put an innocent person's face on screen and associate with them with such a, a heinous action. Uh, so after SEMA 4 viewed these recordings – Provided to them by a source, it was reported that one of the videos showed a man pleasuring himself inside the House office building. It was definitely a setting that was identifiable by the standard furniture that you find in the Capitol House. Also, the carpeting, I'm sure that that's fairly specific. Uh, And in the video, there was a congressional branded mouse pad on the desk. Allegedly, another video was obtained by SEMA 4. They got a screenshot of this one, and it depicted two men engaged in a sexual act in an office setting. So now we have a gay sex scandal in the Senate and now another gay sex scandal in the House. Again, I am not surprised. However, the identities of these participants in the videos are concealed because their faces are not visible. Unlike Adam or, or Adnan, whatever his name was, uh, the, the guy from the Senate who was stupid enough to post a picture of him bending over on the table on his public and pri- on his personal Instagram. 
Now, uh, as soon as the office was alerted, Mr. Newhouse's office said, we immediately contacted the appropriate House entities to conduct an independent investigation. Uh, This latest scandal adds to the growing concerns about misconduct in the U.S. Capitol's hallowed halls. Now, if you'll remember, Madison Cawthorn was run out of Washington, D.C. because he exposed the scandalous activities that were taking place In Washington, D.C., he mentioned something about sex parties and cocaine usage. Obviously, Washington, D.C. politicians apparently are doing both. He revealed that he had been invited to orgies and drug parties. Uh, However, he said that he had never participated. And I'm just going to take you back to Madison Cawthorn's statements here. The sexual perversion that goes on in Washington. I mean, being kind of a young guy in Washington, the average age is probably 60 or 70. And I look at these people, a lot of them that I've looked up to through my life. I've always paid attention to politics. Guys that then all of a sudden you get invited to like, well, hey, we're going to have a kind of sexual get together at one of our homes. You should come. And I'm like, what did you just ask me to come to? And then you realize they're asking you to come to an orgy. The fact that there's some of the people that are leading on the movement to try and remove addiction in our country. And then you watch them do a key bump of cocaine right in front of you. And it's like, this is wild. So I do not doubt for a second That this kind of stuff is happening in Washington, D.C., that it has been happening for a very long time. There is nothing new under the sun. And I was just mentioning on um, 412's program there a moment ago that, you know, this illusion of of America as the shining beacon on the hill, it it has been a den of, of, of debauchery. Uh, and perversion for a very long time. The only thing that's different now is that the veneer has worn off. There's no hiding this stuff anymore. The American people are keyed in. We're watching. We know exactly what's going on. There's a reason they have been pushing the boundaries of what's appropriate out in public. Because at the end of the day, they don't want to have to hide their perversions anymore. They don't want to have to hide who they are. So, you know, somebody does a bump of cocaine. Well, you know, that's no big deal as long as you can pay for it. So you want to pay for sex from some prostitutes? It doesn't really matter all that much. I mean, as long as you can cover the bill. The only thing is you, the American taxpayer, are probably paying the bill for that cocaine and for those hookers. I'm certain they are going to be using their official House accounts and their official Senate accounts. If you'll remember, several months ago, I brought you uh, a story about kind of a slush fund uh, that uh, that congressmen and senators could submit all kinds of receipts for. Well, you know, if you got somebody who's willing to fake a receipt, then who's to say that the American people aren't paying for an eight ball of cocaine and uh, and and a a series of uh, uh, excursions with some D.C. hookers? So. You know, these people are sick. Uh, There's a reason we say that. And uh, that is very, very clear when you examine the relationship surrounding Jeffrey Epstein. So this is uh, the article from the Daily Mail, which came out the other day, and it goes into a little bit more detail about some of the names that we're likely to see. Uh, And it also tells us a little bit uh, more detail about what it actually is that's going to be released. So 
These, as I stated several days ago, uh, are documents that were contained in the Virginia Jeffrey case, which was ongoing for the last three years or so. But we've got hundreds of files which are likely going to be accounts from victims, also testimony, which was given in court, uh, perhaps files that were entered into evidence, which were part of Jeffrey Epstein's perfect, excuse me, personal stash. Undoubtedly, we are going to have people contained therein which are victims of his human trafficking. We're going to have recruiters and groomers who were looking for young girls to bring in on Jeffrey Epstein's sex trafficking uh, uh, business. And then, of course, we're also going to have people probably that he, uh, he, he, he blackmailed. So these 177, 187, it's, uh, I've seen different numbers. Likely, we're going to see probably Prince Andrew, some more details about Prince Andrew. And of course, Ghislaine Maxwell, she's obviously in there as well. Uh, and then, of course, we also have people like maybe housekeepers who were working for Jeffrey Epstein. Maybe they didn't do anything overtly wrong, but there is a duty, a, a duty of care, I think it's called. Like when you see something happening that's blatantly illegal, uh, you're not supposed to just you know, hide your eyes and pretend that it didn't happen. Obviously, in the Bahamas, maybe things are different. But, you know, for the people who were working for Jeffrey Epstein down in Palm Beach, uh, they were complicit in what was going on. Uh, we also are likely going to see uh, some material about Haley Robson. Uh, Haley was named as a recruiter in police files in Jeffrey Epstein's original investigation back in 2006 in Palm Beach, although she also is a victim. We could likely also see some new details about Jean-Luc Brunel. He was the, the French, quote, model scout. He was the guy who was close to Epstein, getting girls, victims for Jeffrey Epstein from all over Europe. He's also the one who was suicided in his prison cell back in 2022, shortly after being arrested. I don't think that was a coincidence. Uh, we are also likely to see... Uh, a couple of other names, such as Miles and Kathy Alexander. They're a South African couple uh, who were the managers at Little St. James. Uh, also, we're likely to see some names that we are uh, are, are well aware of. Uh, people like uh, Bill Gates, people like Bill Clinton, uh, certainly uh, perhaps um, Alan Dershowitz, although Alan Dershowitz seems to not be too worried about what's in there. Uh, Buck Wayne says, tis the season for staffer stuffing. Welcome to the Biden years. Ho, 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 and more hoes. Mm. We've also uh, likely going to see some information about Carolyn Adriano. She is the unfortunate victim of Jeffrey Epstein who died of a drug overdose earlier this year. Her family seems to believe that she was actually murdered. However, the police are not very interested in pursuing that uh, any further. Um, Judge Preska uh, cited the reason that she wanted to reveal this information is um, part of uh, uh, the, the fact that the, the mainstream media has been asking for it. Also, it would appear that the John Doe's, the people who were actively working with Jeffrey Epstein and colluding in crimes with him, well, they've essentially uh, worn out all of their appeals. It is now to the point where the American public deserve to see this. Allegedly, there are three additional names on this list who are still fighting to keep it quiet. So if anything happens, uh, this is probably going to be the reason why. Um, and then, of course, there are uh, uh, some 
uh, other overt factors like uh, perhaps uh, Judge Preska uh, believes that it, uh, it this this has to come out for the good of humanity. And I tend to believe that as well. So I hope that uh, Judge Preska remains safe and sound because this is the kind of thing that definitely can get people assassinated. And if that were to happen and the case goes to another judge, well, you know, I can only imagine that it, it likely could be somebody that is controlled by the same sick entities that were working with Jeffrey Epstein uh, in the past. Now, uh, moving on bef- beyond, beyond that, uh, I saw this uh, story pop up on Zero Hedge. I thought this was kind of interesting. You know, there's been much ado made in uh, recent years about the relationship between Russia and the West. And Russia has really, they've borne the brunt of the deep state's actions with sanctions, uh, the demonization of Vladimir Putin. Uh, and, you know, for the most part, it doesn't seem like there's been any repercussions for the West on behalf of Russia. That seems to be changing. Looks like Putin has decided to seize some large Western oil companies, which have office space and and um, and and I guess you know employees in Russia, uh, there is a multi-billion-dollar oil company called OMV, and then another one called Wintershall, and uh, they have stakes in Russian ventures. So Germany's Wintershall DEA and Austria's OMV are being stripped of their multi-billion-dollar stakes in joint ventures. They were previously developing with natural gas products uh, with Russia, and this is happening uh, as a, a case of a, a single uh, open decree by Vladimir Putin. So he signed this order uh, that takes the shares from these two Western companies in the Yuzno Ruskio oil field uh, and in another one called the Arkhamov Project, uh, and these are both based in Russia's Arctic, and they're going to be transferred to a number of brand new Russian oil firms. So OMV and Germany's BASF and its joint venture with Letter One, Wintershell DEA, previously until this order held minority stakes in the development of this Russian oil field. Now, according to the decree from Vladimir Putin, all corporate agreements that have been in force so far are no longer valid. Uh, so it would appear that this is likely a corporate response to the Western aggression towards Russia, and obviously Germany is part of NATO. Uh, so it will be interesting to see what the response is from the NATO nations. Obviously, right now they're doing all they can, uh, at least they appear to be doing all they can, to get Ukraine to become part of NATO. If that were to happen, then they could demand that all the Western nations uh, that are aligned with the NATO uh, agreement would set up shop in Ukraine and uh, enter open aggression against Russia. It would no longer have to be a covert war. But in the decision to do this, Russia is clearly looking to protect its own interests, and uh, this is all uh, a result of everything that we've seen in the last several years with the Western-backed um, nations going after Russia and trying to weaken them. And as we've seen, these sanctions against Russia uh, really haven't done anything to weaken Russia's position. I mean, they're still doing business. They're still making money. If anything, it's hurt the West. It's it's hurt the, the people of these nations more than it's hurt Vladimir Putin at all. You know, maybe a couple of people lost uh, a few yachts. Maybe there was a couple of accounts that got nabbed up. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it's only hurting us. 
So uh, I'm, I'm anxious to see how they actually respond to Russia nationalizing these companies. It's not the first time it's happened. Venezuela did it. Uh, we've seen it in a number of other nations throughout the uh, throughout the, the years. But I don't think they're going to like it. I don't think they're going to be too happy about it. <sighs> okay. Now, I mentioned Missouri AG Andrew Bailey. He's involved with a couple of important cases, free speech uh, against the social media companies, also obviously the federal government of the United States, recently announced the investigation and charges against Media Matters for America, uh, one of the uh, fakest news organizations out there. Well, uh, now he's going to be taking on BlackRock or a firm that's owned by BlackRock, uh, as a result of these um, excessive property taxes that are affecting people all over Missouri. I kind of wish that he was the AG down here in Florida because my property taxes also went up an exorbitant amount. But these two Missouri elected officials that are bringing relief to the people of Missouri are Attorney General Andrew Bailey and also uh, State Auditor Scott Fitzpatrick. And – The reason that this is so special is because in our modern world, the corporations essentially rule us. And there are not a lot of state officials who are willing to actually go to bat for the American people. And it seems like Andrew Bailey has just been really bringing it home. I mean, he's been hitting home run after home run. So this is why I suggest that maybe he is positioning himself for a position in higher office uh, at a later date. I don't think he's going to run for president right now. I mean, he would be a contender a couple of years down the road after President Trump uh, holds his second term in office. But maybe he would be considered to be the uh, vice presidential pick for President Trump. That would be a major surprise. Eleanor 2000. Thank you so much, Eleanor. She gave a hundred dollars and says, Merry Christmas, Zach and beautiful RP 78 GF. Lisa, thank you for an enlightening and educating year on Red Pill News. May our glorious Lord continue to pour his love on you both. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate that. It means a lot. And then also let me say thank you to uh, Water Wizard who said uh, freaks going to freak. <laughs> you can say that again. Washington, D.C. is all made up of freaks. A couple of years ago, when Lisa and I were deciding where we wanted to move, we considered Washington, D.C. for like a hot second. And I was like very quickly, I'm like, I don't think I could live there. Like I, I wouldn't want to really be around that stuff. Uh, Filter Dog also said, I'm more concerned with the public sex part, not the gay straight. No, absolutely. Uh, I don't mean to insinuate that it's bad because it's gay. Uh, it's bad because it's the uh, the desecration of that sacred space and it is the public sex. It just happens to also be gay sex, both of them. Doodah, man, thank you for the cookie. Space Cookie, thank you for the cookie. And Warrior Mima, thank you for the fleet. She says, uh, thank, you that, thank you, Zach, for bringing the news without the lies. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you as well. So what's going on in Missouri? Well, for the property tax year of 2023, Kansas City and all of Jackson County property owners were shocked when they got these letters in the mail letting them know that there was going to be a dramatic increase in their property taxes. The majority of the current assessments were in excess of 30% from the previous year. I would be happy if it was only 30%. And uh, there were a lot of assessments that actually increased by 100% or more. So 
Now people are forced to pay these exorbitant fees. You can't do anything about it. Uh, and they now have perhaps uh, they don't have the means to actually pay it. So what are you going to do? I mean, you're forced with selling your house. You're forced with uh, actually having your house repossessed. But along with these property taxes uh, and uh, and the notice that, hey, guess what? You now owe us a lot of money. It turns out that a lot of them were actually mailed late, uh, which resulted in reducing the allotted time that they had to register for an appeal. So normally you get it. You can go ahead and file the appeal and you have a certain amount of time to do that. As long as you get it on time, you've got no problem. You can go ahead and get that uh, that appeal in. But if they don't get you that letter until you've got a day or so to go ahead and even make your appeal, then you're screwed and you're going to have to pay that higher cost. So the appeals process also was extremely convoluted. A lot of times the assessor's office was unavailable. Nobody would answer. Property owners were not afforded any sort of discernible relief from Gail McCann Beatty, who happens to be the Jackson County Director of Assessment, or from Frank White, who is the county executive. Either one of those parties could have mitigated the situation, but they chose not to. They were greedy. They wanted all the money that they could possibly get. Now, again, thankfully, through the concerted efforts of a number of local politicians and a number of state citizens, both the attorney general and the state auditor have become involved. They're going to be helping to resolve this situation. And on December 19th, the attorney general, Andrew Bailey, brought forth the legal action against Frank White, in his official capacity as Jackson County Executive Director, also against Gail McCann Beatty in her official capacity as Jackson County Director of Assessment, uh, Jackson County Legislature, Jackson County Board of Equalizations, and Tyler Technologies, which is that company which is owned by BlackRock. Uh, and the, uh, the, the, the case is now going to be going to court. So hopefully these people are going to get the relief that they need. They're not going to end up broke without a home. And I just wish – that attorney generals across America would take a lesson from Andrew Bailey. We don't have to get screwed. Uh, Ken Paxton, he's another one. He's He's been great for the people of Texas, which is why they tried to take him out. But we got 48 other states out there, guys, where things are not going so well. And it's time that people started standing up for the people of their area. Stand up for the people who elected you. Uh, otherwise, you don't deserve to be in that position any longer. We've also been having some wins on the Second Amendment. Uh, you know, it's like it seems like every week I, I'm, I'm checking the news, checking 2A News, and, and I keep seeing some awesome decisions coming out of judges. And frankly, a lot of them happen to be out there in California, which just boggles the mind. But a federal judge in California has just blocked an unconstitutional law that California put in place, which essentially blocked citizens from carrying firearms in nearly all public places. Uh, so this this order came down yesterday after a newly signed California law banned people from carrying firearms pretty much anywhere. Uh, U.S. District Judge Cormac Carney of uh, California's Central District, he is a Bush appointee, he granted the ban and he issued a scathing rebuke of the California State Legislature. He called the law, which was signed by California's Democrat Governor Gavin Newsom, a sweeping repugnant to the Second Amendment, openly defiant of the Supreme Court. Now, 
The law would have gone into effect on January 1st. It would have banned guns from all 26 public places like banks, zoos, churches, and public parks. And that law would have prohibited people from concealed carry. Uh, And, of course, it would have made it a lot more likely that mass shooters would have killed people in those areas. People always wonder, why do people always shoot uh, people at schools? Well, it's because they know nobody's got a gun. Nobody's going to stop them. So I thought that this was really awesome. And uh, I'm also hoping that we're finally going to get some closure on the pistol brace bans uh, this year as well. We're in the midst of um, court proceedings with the ATF uh, in a number of different cases, uh, but it's not over by any means, any stretch of the imagination. We also have great news in Texas. Uh, We have uh, a ruling in the Fifth Circuit Court which found in Texas's favor the Biden regime is no longer legally allowed to destroy the state border fences or to cut down the concertina wire. Thank you to TZ Burtner says, Merry Christmas, everyone. We live in interesting times. Keep your chin up and have faith. We will win. I agree with you. Red pill. I'm down on Foxhole. Is Foxhole not working? You guys, what the heck is going on? I don't know what the deal is. I mean, I'm still live. I'm still live. What the heck? Trisha says, I received a corrected tax statement last week. It was almost $100 less than the previous bill. Almost 10 acres, $420. That's awesome. Good for you. Foxhole started looping. Ugh. Guess you have to come to Rumble. Sorry. God, that sucks. No, no, the show is still going everywhere else. Okay, now it says I'm back. All right, I will continue. So. This is great news for the people of Texas. It's great news for people all over the United States of America because Texas has secured a legal battle in the Fifth Circuit Court. They appealed the district court's decision that allowed federal agents to destroy these border fences because Biden's DHS had previously been just cutting the concertina wire and allowing people to come through. Now they can no longer do that. So you combine that with Texas's new law, which allows their local law enforcement officers to arrest people who do come over illegally, and it adds another layer of protection for the people of Texas and, of course, the United States of America. So this is great news. Some more great news, maybe not for for Brandon Johnson or the people of Chicago, but I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, Chicago City orders seizure of Democrat Mayor Johnson's motorcade SUVs because he accumulated over $2,000 in unpaid red light and speed camera tickets. 21 citations in the last seven months. This goes right to the heart of an argument that we've been making for a very long time. These politicians, Democrat or Republican, they think the laws don't apply to them. Can you imagine if you, my friend, got 21 speeding and, and red light violations in the last seven months, you would go to prison. Okay, you would get your license taken away, your car would be taken away, and they would no longer allow you to drive, probably for the rest of your life. But the mayor of Chicago, he thinks that he doesn't have to stop for red lights. He thinks he doesn't have to obey the speed limits. However, 
The city of Chicago has another thing coming for Mr. Johnson. And according to the city records, these SUVs, which are part of a four-vehicle fleet that drives Mayor Johnson all over the city, They have had absolutely no respect for law and order in the time that they've been on the road. You didn't see this happening with uh, Lori Lightfoot, Beetlejuice. Even she was smart enough to know that you got to stop at a red light. So Mayor Johnson's motorcade has now exceeded the total received tickets uh, by former mayors Rahm Emanuel, Lori Lightfoot, uh, Cook County Board President Tony Preckwinkle, um, all of them during their four-year terms in the first seven months, Mayor, Bra- Mayor Brandon Johnson is now in the lead. But let me tell you, this is not something you want to be in the lead on. Uh, and it is also drawing a lot of attention to his compliance with the traffic laws. And you have to ask a question. I mean, what about all of the other laws? But he's a communist. He probably thinks as party leader, he doesn't need to do anything at all. There was a report that was put out on December 20th detailing exactly what had happened, noting an increase from 855 owed for 11 violations reported in mid-October to $1,725 by the end of November. Now, as a result of fees, it stands at $2,130. Sounds like if Brandon Johnson doesn't pay his tickets, he's not going to get his SUVs back and he's not going to be able uh, to, uh, to have a very nice Christmas either. So good luck to you, Mayor Johnson, and uh, perhaps from now on, you will start following traffic laws. All right, guys, we got to take a break for the second half of the show. We're going to be right back in a moment. So recently, I've told you guys about a breakthrough new anti-aging remedy that I've been using that keeps me energized all day long. I just take a teaspoonful of C60 Evo olive oil in the morning, and I notice better mental focus, flexibility, and physical endurance. Now, it's rare to feel improvements this quickly. I also end up sleeping deeper at night, so it's really helpful. Their peptide and ESS60 hair and lotion renewal formulas are exceptional because they really work. And C60 Evo's lab has been manufacturing this Nobel Prize winning miracle molecule for 32 years in their Houston, Texas Patriot-owned lab. ESS60 is the upgraded version of the Carbon 60 molecule. It's specifically made for both people and pets. It's a potent and effective way for people's lives to be improved all around the world. So maximize your health and enjoy noticeable results with C60 Evo organic edible oils, skin serums, and pet products. You can buy with confidence from C60 Evo, and you can use my personal code for a discount at checkout. Simply go to c60evo.com forward slash redpill78. And then when you're there, use code redpill78 for an additional 10% off your entire order. Once again, that's c60evo.com forward slash redpill78. And when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right, and we're back. Another hilarious story about people who just don't respect the police comes in the form of a Democrat lawmaker who previously spearheaded the movement to defund the city of Austin's police department when he sat on the city council. His name is Representative Gregorio Greg Kasar. Now he's made a leap from the city council to the state legislature. And while he was there, he helped to defund the Austin Police Department while he sat on that board in 2020. The only thing is now 
that he's requesting enhanced patrols around his own home. This is, again, something that we typically see in Democrats who have no respect for law enforcement. They don't want you to be protected. They don't want the police to be investigating crimes in your neighborhood. But when it comes to their own safety and the safety of their families, well, of course, they deserve only the utmost in protection. They also want to take your guns, but they want to make sure that the people guarding them have all the guns in the world. It's also kind of ironic because he wrote a letter to the Department of Justice just a week ago asking them to investigate the same police department that he helped to defund back in 2020. In the letter that he wrote to the DOJ, he claimed that the department has a pattern and practice of utilizing excessive force against people of color and people with mental health conditions. A federal pattern or practice investigation into civil rights violations by the Austin Police Department, particularly of their department's policing of policing of communities of color, people with mental health conditions, and those exercising their First Amendment rights is both necessary and long overdue. I look forward to working with you to improve public safety and civil rights in the city of Austin. Only he had just blasted the department for not providing him enough protection. And the Austin Police Retired Officers Association has taken notice. They said it's come to our attention that anti-police king of the defund movement in Austin, Greg Kasar, who only last week called APD an agency with racist practices, has requested enhanced patrols around his house for the next week. We want everyone in Austin to feel safe. They continued, this seems to us as the height of hypocrisy from the congressman. Maybe he should hire private security like his fellow squad members do. Sure, seems like he wants the police in his neighborhood, just not yours. <laughs> and this is the exact same thing. Uh, Ocasio-Cortez did the exact same thing. Uh, the other members of the squad, they've done that as well. Uh, in, in, uh, in, in practice, they don't want the police on the streets. Uh, but when it comes down to it, they want the police protecting them and theirs. So once again, it's rules for thee, but not for me. All right. Let us discuss the case of Jack Smith. He's made a new addition to what is likely his unconstitutional special prosecutor's office. And it is a real doozy. Somebody who previously worked with uh, Mueller on his investigation into President Trump. Maybe he's thinking he'd like a do-over because they were unable to take Trump down the first time. Well, something tells me that they're not going to be able to take Trump down this time either. This man is a lawyer from the D.C. swamp. His name is Michael Dreeben. And uh, this massive team of prosecutors just got a little bit bigger. Mueller is, excuse me, Dreben is one of Mueller's angry Democrat lawyers that President Trump had previously called out. The Russia collusion hoax obviously was never proven to be anything other than a conspiracy theory that was put into action by Hillary Clinton and her cronies in the deep state. And now they are preparing to head to the Supreme Court. Uh, and it looks like that's the reason that Dreben was hired. Dreben has previously argued more than 100 cases before SCOTUS in the past. Uh, Politico reports that Smith, the special counsel prosecuting the former president, has brought in one of the most accomplished modern Supreme Court advocates, Michael Dreeben, who has argued more than 100 cases and is a preeminent authority on the court's criminal law doctrines. 
Now, President Trump, for his part, has also added to his legal team. He's added at least three additional lawyers. However, they say that none of them are part of the clubby cohort of Supreme Court advocates. We've got D. John Sauer, Will Shar, and Michael Talent. Now, <clears throat> all of them are based in Missouri, which is interesting because we were just talking about Missouri. Uh, and according to the database of Supreme Court arguments, Shower has argued a single case. Sauer has argued a single case, while Shar and Talent have not argued before SCOTUS before. Now, this is particularly interesting because we have, of course, uh, the uh, discussion in the Supreme Court soon to come up of whether or not President Trump should have ultimate immunity, which I believe that he should. Now, in his written brief delivered to the Supreme Court yesterday, President Trump actually argues that the SCOTUS should reject Jack Smith's request for this expedited ruling on that immunity argument. President Trump is also backed up by nearly 20 Republican attorney generals from all over the country. Andrew Bailey, uh, the same Missouri AG we just spoke about a moment ago, is actually the one who filed a brief in support of President Trump along with these other 17 AGs. Now, uh, the argument here is that the jump to the Supreme Court by special counsel Jack Smith is a circumvention of the process that we're supposed to go through here in the United States of America. This is meant to go to the appeals court first, and then it goes to the SCOTUS after. Andrew Bailey filing this brief at the Supreme Court looking to also halt Jack Smith's move to circumvent that appellate court process uh, is boding well for President Trump. And I think that it's likely that the Supreme Court will go ahead and kick it back to the appellate court so it can be decided there. If it needs to go to the Supreme Court, we'll go ahead and do that. Part of this, I think, is President Trump's Um, plan to make this go on as long as it possibly can. The longer that President Trump is being persecuted in the public eye in the courts, I think the better it bodes for his chances at the ballot box. The sentiment of the American people at the end of the day is the only thing that really matters. So President Trump argued that the U.S. Supreme Court should stay out of it. They should kick it back to the appellate court. They should not make a ruling in this immunity argument. And President Trump's argument, I believe, is correct. Jack Smith is desperate. He needs the Supreme Court to argue or to find in his favor, rather, so that President Trump just skips the entire appellate court argument. And this is going to be able to go to trial on March 4th. As it stands right now, it doesn't look like it's going to be able to head to trial. Jack Smith also filed a brief in response to these other briefs. Uh, And of course, he is uh, not too keen on having it go back to the appellate court. Uh, He said in his filing, this case involves for the first time in our nation's history, criminal charges against a former president based on his actions while he's in office and not just any actions, alleged acts to perpetuate himself in power by frustrating the constitutionally prescribed process for certifying the lawful winner of the election. The nation has a compelling interest in a decision on respondents claim of immunity from these charges. And if they are to be tried, a resolution by conviction or acquittal without undue delay. Uh, Now, if they decide to go ahead and do this, well, the court could decide at any time. So we're looking uh, with uh, great interest at the messaging coming out of the Supreme Court. 
And uh, what's also interesting is that as Jack Smith is uh, attempting to circumvent the process that we have in place, it looks like he may also attempt to circumvent the oversight that our Congress has uh, over him and his office. Looks like House, House Republicans are also hoping to exercise their right for oversight. Uh, They are threatening to subpoena special counsel Jack Smith. Uh, They're looking specifically for records related to his prosecution of President Trump uh, and Jim Jordan, who is, of course, the chair of the Judiciary Committee, along with Representative Andy Biggs from Arizona, wrote a letter to Smith earlier today requesting a series of documents and communications in connection with the prosecution that President Trump is uh, going through right now. From that letter, accordingly, the committee is conducting oversight in order to inform potential legislative reforms, including possible reforms regarding politically motivated prosecutions of current and former presidents by federal prosecutors and disclosure document requirements for special counsel and their staff. Now, Jordan and Biggs are citing the uh, search warrant that initially allowed Smith to obtain President Trump's Twitter account and all of his messages, all of his interactions with everybody on the Internet. And they are alleging prosecutorial misconduct by his top aide, Jay Brapp. Uh, They are hoping that in demanding these documents from uh, Special Counsel Smith uh, and the Attorney General's Office and the Deputy Attorney General's Office, obviously it's going to give them the ability to kind of fine-tune the way things happen here in America. Uh, If they can write legislation that's going to stop this from happening again in the future by an overzealous prosecutor and a regime that is looking to punish a political opponent, uh, I think that it bodes well for the future of America. Uh, We also need to evaluate the hiring processes in the Department of Justice and I would say probably in the entire federal government. Now, the threat, if you do not produce documents responsive to these requests, the committee may resort to a compulsory process, uh, and they're giving him until January 4th uh, to produce said documents, and if he doesn't and if uh, Attorney General Garland doesn't, well, then that subpoena is going to be coming down. Ironically enough, this is also right in the timeline of the Supreme Court responding to Jack Smith's request to circumnavigate that um, appellate process, get around it. So we could be seeing a ton of stuff in regards to this right after the first of the year. Now, I mentioned that Special Counsel Smith's position is unconstitutional. I think his persecution of President Trump is unconstitutional. Um But a former attorney general for the United States of America says that the whole thing is unconstitutional from the get-go. His appointment as special special counsel itself is unconstitutional, and the Supreme Court must reject the petition against Donald Trump. And also that lawyers who are representing this former attorney general, Ed Meese, he was attorney general under Ronald Reagan, if I'm not mistaken, along with two top constitutional scholars, uh, they've argued in their own brief, which was also filed yesterday. So this is an amicus. It's a friend of the court brief. Basically, they are are not involved in the case, but they have uh, a legal interest in it. Uh, And it argues that Jack Smith lacks any authority to represent the United States. They're asking the United States, excuse me, by asking the Supreme Court to weigh in. 
Uh, and the reason is because the office he is sitting in has not been created by Congress. And the appointment by Merrick Garland violates the appointment clause of the Constitution. It essentially claims that Merrick Garland improperly appointed Jack Smith to an office that does not exist with authority that Merrick Garland does not possess. Now, Edwin Meese, Steve Calabrese, who is the co-chairman of the Federalist Society, and Gary Lawson, who is a constitutional law professor – are arguing here that Congress, only Congress, can create federal offices like the one that Jack Smith holds. Congress has not done that. It was a unilateral decision by Merrick Garland. And, of course, uh, he doesn't care that it's unconstitutional. He's part of that cadre, that cabal of people that are looking to do anything they can to destroy Donald Trump. Now, While the Constitution creates the offices of president and vice president, Congress has the sole authority to create additional offices because the Constitution says that those offices must be established by law. Congress has previously passed a law to authorize a similar position called an independent council, but that statute expired in 1999. Now, Merrick Garland cannot unilaterally hire a mere employee to perform the tasks that Congress has not authorized. Only an officer can hold such a significant level of authority, and by creating this Department of Justice, Congress has given certain powers by law. However, it authorized no office with the powers of a U.S. attorney that Garland has given to Smith. Now, They further claim in their brief, even if someone, even if one somehow thinks that existing statutes authorize appointment of standalone special counsels with the full power of a U.S. attorney, Jack Smith has not properly appointed to such an office. They assert that if special counsels were authorized by Congress, anyone in possession of such powers would require presidential nomination and Senate confirmation. They also argue That Jack Smith has so much power, just like a U.S. attorney, he is a principal officer under the Constitution's appointments clause, which means that first he has to be nominated by the president and then he has to be confirmed by a majority of the U.S. Senate. Obviously, none of that has happened in any sense. He's improperly appointed, so therefore he has no more authority to represent the United States in this court than Bryce Harper, Taylor Swift or Jeff Bezos. Now, although these briefs focus on saying that the Supreme Court should refuse Jack Smith's petition for the high court to take the case, the argument, if they accept it, would mean that lower federal courts should dismiss all of Jack Smith's prosecutions. That includes every single pending charge against Donald J. Trump. So this this writ, this brief that they filed uh, actually is more exciting to me than the other ones because this truly could have the potential to unravel everything that we've seen in terms of the persecution of Donald Trump and the legal jeopardy that he is apparently in through these illegal actions taken by the Department of Justice. So keep your eyes on that. Now, of course, yesterday we spoke about California. 
beginning to explore their own possibilities of removing Donald Trump from the ballot. But looks like Maine is getting in on the action as well. Uh, This is not something that I'm surprised about. I, I think that every state where they have a Democrat AG and secretary of state, they're going to be looking at how to do this as well. Uh, the main secretary of state is uh, Shenna Bellows, uh, and Shenna has reported to be seeking options on whether or not to exclude Trump from the primary ballot. Their primary is held in March. Uh, and of course, they stated that the challengers have the burden of providing sufficient evidence to invalidate the petition. At the hearing that they're going to be holding, there will be an opportunity for both the challengers and the candidate to present oral testimony of witnesses as well as additional documentary evidence and to make oral arguments pertaining to the challenge in light of that evidence. Now, the complaint that's been filed in Maine also claims that President Trump engaged in insurrection and is now ineligible to hold office civil or military under the United States. Uh, And of course, this is a unanimous declaration that, in my opinion, holds no weight. Uh, And this will all be taken care of by the time that this case arrives at the Supreme Court. I I think that that's the only way that this is going to go. We're going to see in state after state, they continue to uh, offer the same argument. President Trump engaged in insurrection. Therefore, he's unable to hold an office. Uh, But the decisions that they're making will not hold any legal weight at the end of the day. Because President Trump never committed insurrection. He he never did anything illegal. He never incited any insurrection. He never did anything that they're accusing him of. And they wouldn't be attempting to remove him from the ballot if it wasn't for the fact that they know they can't beat him. Uh, They are the ones who are engaging in election interference. President Trump never did anything along those lines. If he wanted to circumvent the constitutional process to change power from one person to another – he would have engaged in some overt action to do so. Uh, he, he could have very easily called up the military and said, get out there and arrest all these people and make me the emperor. And they would have gone ahead and done it. Uh, he didn't do anything like that. He just handed over the reins of power to Joe Biden. Joe Biden came in and Joe Biden screwed the pooch. And so here we are. Now, it's quite obvious that The Democrats and the deep state are worried about us meddling in their election. How dare we? How dare we demand that we get to choose our own leaders? They stole it from us in 2020. Who's to say that they're not going to try to steal it from us again in 2024? That's exactly what they're doing. And now, apparently, they're looking to put pressure on the Supreme Court to ensure that their theft is able to go through in 2024. Now, This is generally not something that works very well. The Supreme Court is uh, uh, generally thought to be exempt from public pressure. Uh, But I I think that we saw with the release of that Roe versus Wade decision before it actually came out, uh, there was a bit of successful pressure that was put on them. Now, after special counsel Jack Smith is heard by the Supreme Court, if they decide to go ahead and take this up, uh, it's quite likely that the Democrats are going to continue to ramp up their pressure on the U.S. Supreme Court if it comes down to it. I mean, we've seen a lot of stuff recently about them attempting to have Clarence Thomas recuse himself from anything having to do with President Trump. Who's to say that they don't try to do the same thing to the Supreme Court justices that President Trump actually nominated? 
the issues relating to what we're going to see before the Supreme Court uh, are of the utmost significance to the future of our country. Uh, If the Supreme Court is able to be influenced to allow these people to continue to take these illegal actions, then the very foundation of the United States means absolutely nothing. Uh, And so I can only hope that the Democrats are going to try to continue this influence campaign unsuccessfully and that at the end of the day, President Trump is going to come out on top. This is what I believe will happen. But I always think we should prepare ourselves for, uh, you know, anything that that might possibly come up. Now, we also have uh, some additional responses to Colorado's efforts to influence the elections in their state. Um, Bobby Kennedy, RFK Jr., unlike a number of Republican challengers to Donald Trump, has come out and uh, and and said that uh, this is a, a bad decision. This should not be happening. Ron DeSantis, Haley, uh, Haley Joel Osment, <laughs> Nikki Haley, and um, uh, Chris Christie, you know, they, they have refused to condemn the efforts of the Colorado uh, legislature to uh, remove President Trump, or not the Colorado legislature, excuse me, the Colorado State Supreme Court to keep President Trump off the ballot. Uh, Bobby Kennedy showed a lot of character <clears throat> in coming out and saying that this is uh, something illegal, this shouldn't be happening. You know, Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, Chris Christie, I, I think that they're hoping against hope that Donald Trump is not going to be on that ballot with them when they get to the primary season. Even if he's not officially on the ballot, I tend to believe that the vast majority of people would write him in or, uh, you know, perform some action to make sure that they get to vote for him. Uh, so Ron DeSantis also said that he is not going to withdraw his name from the ballot. He plans to go ahead and stick it out. He also made a comment yesterday that uh, this is part of some overarching plot uh, to ensure that Donald Trump is the nominee against Joe Biden because the Democrats believe they can beat Donald Trump. That just seems like pure fantasy to me. Uh, in an interview with Newsmax, he was asked about withdrawing his name in the same way that Ramaswamy did. And he said, no, I don't think that's uh, – I think that's just the left playing ball. I think the case will get overturned by the Supreme Court. I agree. Uh, but I've I've qualified for all the ballots. I'm competing in all the states and I'm going to accumulate the delegates necessary. And I don't agree with that. I think that that is a pure – your fantasy, Ron. That's the whole name of the game in the situation. But I do anticipate that decision was political and will get reversed. Uh, and I believe that he is correct. But I just don't believe that this is a plot by the Democrats to make sure that Trump is on the ballot. I think that they're trying to get rid of Trump in any way that they possibly can. So this was kind of uh, surprising to me. But you know, Bill Barr has been very openly critical of Donald Trump. Uh, in recent months. And I think a lot of people believe that he was a disappointment as attorney general, certainly knowing that he had full access to ample evidence of a stolen election in 2020 uh, and making that public statement that he hadn't seen anything. uh, That lets me know that Bill Barr is a liar uh, and that there's no reason that uh, we should trust him. I think that Bill Barr was always uh, a plant in Donald Trump's organization, in his administration, and that his interests lied outside of the administration. Uh, you know, obviously working for the CIA, uh, that was that should have been a big clue. Uh, my, my position has always been allow people to show you who they are. Um, 
it did not appear that Bill Barr was going to be a champion of uh, American rights. Uh, but I felt at the time that we needed to actually see where this went. And by the end of the uh, the the administration, Bill Barr had given us ample opportunity to make up our minds on which side he came down on. Uh, and that really was, at the end of the day, the deep state side. So Bill Barr is actually criticizing, however, the Colorado State Supreme Court's decision to – you know, in in theory, disqualify Donald Trump from that ballot, uh, and that is largely because of the <laughs> procedural Frankenstein uh, uh, or argument that they came up with. He said, "So, uh, let me see. Where is his quote?" He said, as you know, I strongly oppose Donald Trump for the Republican nomination, but I think this case is legally wrong and untenable. I think this kind of action is a stretching of the law, taking these hyper aggressive positions to try to hold on just a second uh, to try to knock Trump out of the race. It's counterproductive. They backfire. As you know, he feeds on grievance just like a fire feeds on oxygen. And this is going to end up as a grievance that helps him. Um, I have to disagree with you on one thing there, Bill. It's not that Donald Trump feeds on grievance. It's that the people feed on the persecution of Donald Trump. That's why Donald Trump is ever increasing in the polls. This is why Donald Trump will be reelected president. Fredo says, I work late tomorrow, so I won't catch you live until next Tuesday. So I just want to wish you and the entire family a very Merry Christmas. Well, thank you very, very much, Fredo. I appreciate you, brother. Uh, let me see. Uh, Sean Joe, thank you very much for that cookie over there on Pilled. Thank you also to J2 Dank uh, for the can. And then Space Coast Patriot says, when Trump said he's transferring the power from D.C. back to the people is when all hell broke loose. You're absolutely right there. I think that's their ultimate fear. Is that President Trump's going to come back and he's going to finish the job that he started in the first administration. And now knowing what he's up against, he is going to come back in there like a bull in a china shop. And that's exactly what I think needs to happen. These people are sick. These people are evil and they can't be reasoned with. So there's no reason to think that we can come in there and do it any other way. It's going to have to be swift. It's going to have to be rough. That's the only way that we're going to beat these people. All right. So we are approaching the end of what I had prepared. It was kind of a slow news day, guys. But um, I, I wanted to bring this story because it just it, it demonstrates the kind of thing that we're up against here in America. And this is a story about a young boy named Zach. So maybe that's why it struck a chord with me. But he, he's an eight year old child. He was injured by a gunshot. I believe he was shot in the head. Uh, while he was looking at Christmas lights with his family during a food delivery, the, the entire family was delivering for DoorDash, just trying to make some extra money, probably because of Joe Biden's destruction of the American economy. Uh, they don't have enough money to make ends meet. So trying to make a little extra cash on the side. And uh, while they were out delivering food, uh, they were making their way through a neighborhood in Oklahoma on the night of December 10th, and they paused just for a moment so Zach and his brother Waylon could uh, take a look at the festival, the festive Christmas lights that were in the neighborhood. And it was supposed to be joyful. You know, I'm sure they, they're standing there together. They're thinking, my gosh, this is beautiful. You know, despite how, how tough life is, despite how difficult life has become under Joe Biden. At least we can spend moments like these together. 
And then unfortunately, that moment was cut short because while the family was reversing to get a better view of the decorations, uh, the mother noticed that something was amiss and she tried to leave the area. And then all of a sudden gunfire erupted. There were as many as 15 to 30 rounds that were fired at their car. So he and his brother, their grandmother, uh, they were hit with all these bullets and uh, Zach ended up getting shot in the head. So he's been uh, admitted to the hospital. He's in critical condition. He's got a blood clot, a skull fracture. Uh, They've had to put him on blood thinners. And hopefully the medications are enough to break up the blood clot or they might have to go in and surgically remove it. Um, But uh, unfortunately, they don't know if this is going to work. You know, he's he's in the ICU. Uh, Apparently, he's not on any type of oxygen or sedation. And he is talking a little bit. Uh, apparently the, the the gunshot has done some damage because they say that it's taking him extra time to process what's being said to him. And then when he responds, it's taking him extra time to respond. He's also frustrated. You know, he can't do things for himself. He can't get up. He can't, you know, be a, a little boy. Uh, and, um, and so, you know, they're asking obviously for prayers. Uh, I believe there's also a GoFundMe too, but you know, This kind of thing shouldn't happen. This shouldn't be something that we have to worry about. But the types of people who would commit an act like this are the types of people that have been courted by the Democrat Party, uh, are the types of people that have been let in through the southern border, uh, and are the symptom of an ever-dwindling society, an ever-dwindling supply of ethics and morality in society. You know, people should not be pushed uh, to to forget their humanity, okay? And in today's world, it's dog-eat-dog. And uh, that's the kind of world that they want us to live in so that we don't feel safe, so that, you know, we turn on each other, but we can't allow that to happen. All right. I also wanted to bring you a couple of local stories. Uh, This is from my old stomping grounds, my old home base in Michigan. Uh, And this is also what we're up against in America. The Satanic Temple of, I guess, Michigan, or maybe it's just of America. uh, They've been allowed to put up a holiday arrangement. Lisa, the door... (laughs) Um, they've been allowed to put up this holiday display, quote, holiday display. It's a satanic display and it's meant to promote religious diversity, but obviously it's just meant at the heart of it to be offensive to people who actually celebrate holidays, Christians and uh, people who have reverence for what's holy. This is right at the Michigan State Capitol on the Capitol grounds. Uh, and uh, this is not the only state capitol where they're putting up these satanic displays. They uh, they, they put up uh, uh, another display at the Iowa State Capitol, and it's uh, it's pretty disgusting. You know, there's there's a skull. There is some kind of effigy. It's an effigy of uh, of a of a, a cow or a sheep or something. Or this is a ram skull right here. You know, there's nothing holy about this. It's n- nothing related to the holidays. Anyways, 
We cannot allow satanic symbols like this to openly be displayed at times when we are meant to be enjoying this festive holiday season, remembering the birth of Jesus Christ, being thankful for all the things that God's blessed us with, and spending time with our families. It's disgusting. Now, this is a local story to me currently, because Volusia County is right next door. And this is sad. This is kind of like peak Florida man. But uh, a man in uh, Deltona set his house on fire and got into a shooting match with deputies. He shot a deputy. Apparently, there was a four-hour standoff, and it was all over shoplifted cigarettes. Apparently, he shoplifted a pack of cigarettes, uh, and he – I guess he he stole them. He went back home. Deputies got there, and uh, they followed him. And then he got into a shooting match and set his house on fire. Like, my God, a pack of cigarettes? Like, for real, dude? It's just the, the worst possible scenario that you could have, you know? So uh, terrible, terrible, terrible stuff. All right, and then one final story. One final story. This one should lift your spirits a little bit. This has been ongoing for a little bit, but I just never seem to get around to talking about it. Uh, the uh, the dean of Harvard uh, has been accused of plagiarism. She's a black female, and it's – you know, if this was anybody else, she would have been fired. Uh, she would have lost her job. Um, and what's interesting is that the person she plagiarized from, from is another black female, and – uh, because this was discovered by conservatives, CNN and other liberal outlets uh, has really not wanted to make that big a deal out of it. But they were discussing it the other day, and they said that there are clear examples of plagiarism that occurred in the 1990s. Her entire doctoral thesis was plagiarized from another black woman, a true intellectual, a true academic, somebody who had actually done the work. And now this woman is running Harvard. It's absolutely insane. It's like peak mirror world right here. But, of course, CNN believes because it was conservatives who found it, well, they shouldn't actually do anything about it. Now, there have been multiple allegations of plagiarism, which has been made against her. She's the president of Harvard. Sorry, not the dean. Claudine Gay. Uh, So now these new allegations of plagiarism, I don't think these are actually coming from conservatives. Um, But uh, the outreach, the integrity office at Harvard has received a complaint. uh, And they've actually received over 40 allegations of plagiarism against Claudine Gay. Uh, And the new allegations include examples recently reported in the media as well as dozens of additional cases – where Gay quoted or paraphrased authors without proper attribution. If you're going to plagiarize your thesis, your your uh, uh, then obviously you're going to continue doing it. If you can get away with it, you're just going to keep doing it because you didn't have the intellectual capacity to write your own words at the very beginning. These are ranging from uh, missing quotation marks around phrases or sentences to entire paragraphs taken verbatim. And the Harvard Corporation, which is the uh, governing body of the institution, uh, they said earlier this month they initiated an independent review of Gay's work back in October, but they found no violation of Harvard's standards for research misconduct. 
Apparently, they only looked at three of her research papers, but it's impossible that that office has already reviewed the entirety of her body of work. Uh, They simply are not reviewing it so that they don't have to confront it, and then they won't have to fire a black woman, and then, of course, they would get canceled, even worse than they are. I think this all erupted because she basically uh, stood up for uh, uh, Hamas supporters or something like that. So I just thought this was pretty funny. Uh, One's a fake, always a fake. And if uh, if you start plagiarizing when you're in college, you know, likely you're going to continue to do it because, you know, you're going to get away with it. All right, you guys. Uh, who cares? Says Zach, the man setting his house on fire is wrong. He set his car on fire and the cops moved his car into the garage. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Well, the the, the story was reported incorrectly. So, yeah, uh, that is uh, that's awful. That's awful. Well, thank you for letting me know. I appreciate it. He also said high five. Merry Christmas. Uh, to Zach and Lisa. And uh, yeah, that's it, you guys. Uh, I am, I've got to go. We're at the end of the show. So if you are able to join me tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, we've got uh, a a thrilling guest all lined up for you. If I don't see you tomorrow, then I hope you have a Merry Christmas. Andre said, I think that Florida man just wanted to die or something, Zach. First the cancer sticks, then setting his house on fire, then shooting at the cops. He must have really wanted to go in the forever box. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, 100%. He definitely did. I, I mean, I don't, th- I don't know why you would do any of that stuff unless you had a death warrant and uh, you just wanted to sign it. All right, you guys. Much love. Good luck. God bless. We'll see you tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Eastern.